Hey everyone, it's Joel here again from Soul Revival Church, and welcome to week two of the new way we are currently doing church. Now, I just wanted to let you know that we are continually working on ironing out the kinks that come with doing church in this brand new way. Uh, things like the audio quality. But what you're listening to right now is the audio from our live services that we are doing each week. And if you're interested in watching those live gatherings, on the weekend, just go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you'll see the list of all six of our services at the top of the page. And we run those at exactly the same time we would usually meet at those gatherings if we were still able to do so physically. But thanks for sticking with us. Stay safe. And now, let's get into our Sunday afternoon gathering at Kirawit. Kiri's come to join me on our uh, affectionately called Very Long Couch. Uh, we're correctly spaced. Um, and she's going to share from us uh, from God's Word. But before she does that, I was going to ask a couple of questions, as we have been doing with everyone that we chat to, is just to find out how life is being going with all the changes that are happening. So, Kiri, how's the um, Pizzle family going in these last couple of days? Uh, well, yes, like we're trying to adapt to our this new situation and establish new routines uh, normally I in my week I normally try to work from home two days a week and then the other days I'm traveling into my office in Newtown or going to hospitals and so because I'm in the medical research field and uh, run clinical trials and so when I go to hospitals I look at uh, patient clinical their records to see how they're going on their, on these clinical trials. And so because our office is closed and hospitals are restricting who is visiting, um, I've had to work from home the last two weeks and our three boys have been homeschooling since Tuesday. So that's been interesting. Yeah, it's an amazing change, isn't it? You think about it like just in a matter of days. Yeah. Uh, we've gone from normal schooling to distance education, yes. uh, and uh, it's a huge upheaval um, yes. uh, for us all. But, um, but you're going okay generally at this early stages? Yeah, I think so. I think hopefully these few days we've ironed out some wrinkles of what we need to do and how to support the boys. Um, both Russell and I will be um, continuing, to, continuing to try and work at that, so... Well, thanks, thanks for coming in this, uh, this afternoon no and praying for us. So um, you're uh, reading for us, that is. Yes, that's so right. uh, we're going to be reading from John chapter 7, I believe. Is that right? We are, from okay. verse 37 to 44. So please follow along with me. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, Rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to re be received. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said, He is the Messiah. Still others asked, how can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does not scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. 
Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'd like to add my welcome to you all this afternoon. My name's Stuart, and we are going to spend some time in God's Word now, having a look at the passage that uh, Kiri just read out to us. Um, before we dive into the passage, um, I, I wanted to set a little bit of a background for this passage because in chapter 7, this is another uh, festival that we see Jesus teaching at and actually being a part of. And we see that the response of the crowds to Jesus is also uh, interesting here. We're going to see that there are people who are going to reject him. There are people who are going to not quite know who he is, but there are also people who are going to accept him. We, this weekend at Soul Revival, we thought we'd look at some of the various parties that Jesus attended because it's a great reminder to us that this COVID-19 situation that we're going through is not going to last forever, that we are going to be able to get through this together. And even though we're separated for a time, we will be reunited. And not only reunited after the COVID problem is over, but also reunited in eternity. The great promise of Jesus is that the all the the uh, banquets and the festivals in the New Testament are pointers to the fact that Jesus has come so that we might be united with God and united with each other forever and nothing will separate us. There'll be no more isolation. Um, as we go through this COVID situation, I've been reflecting on uh, that, uh, that it's taken a lot of us by surprise. It's not something that we've experienced before and we're all trying to adapt to it. But it is actually something that other generations have had to go through before, these kind of trials. Uh, within even my um, family's time, I know that talking to my grandmother when I was a little boy in the 70s, I know that she went through a Great Depression and she also went through a World War. And my grandmother and my grandfather lived uh, in England during the Blitz and they had to sleep in the backyard in a bomb shelter every night. And my thoughts during this uh, situation for ourselves is that even though it's really difficult to be shut up in our homes, um, I'm thinking that there'll be people around the world that are going through even more difficulties than we are going through. And when I used to talk to my grandmother about how she coped with those difficulties, she uh, used to say that one of the things that she used to try and do is be thankful for what she had uh, during the war years particularly. Uh, England was actually barricaded up, shut up, um, because there was U-boats all around the UK and it was really difficult to get supplies. So every little thing was valuable. And... Um, it was interesting that during the 70s when I was growing up as a little boy, my grandmother was still cooking recipes that she had actually put together during the 40s. And that those recipes had become so much love to her and the family that she continued to cook those recipes when I was a kid in the 70s. And it was recipes like trifle where basically back in the 40s they might only just get a little bit of custard, a little bit of jelly, a little bit of cream and maybe um, a a sponge cake and just a dab of sherry just to make it interesting and they used to make that into a dessert well in the 70s i once said oh gee i like this trifle then and she that was a mistake because she used to keep giving it to me every single birthday and i got sick of it but it wasn't just trifles she used to like making uh this little cake it was a treacle cake and it was called parking strange name but basically they didn't have a lot of ingredients to make cakes with and so she used to make this treacle cake called parking and she didn't need flour and eggs as much of that stuff as you usually put in a cake but it actually was a really nice tasting cake and after the war she continued to to make that cake it was interesting because that was a memory to me of people making do in a time when there wasn't much and in our time 
I've been frustrated sometimes going to the shop because I look around the shopping centre and I see things that aren't there, particularly in the supermarkets. Walking through Coles or Woolworths, it's very noticeable that there's no pasta on the aisles, still no rice, the toilet paper comes and goes. And what I found myself doing to start off with in this COVID crisis is I was looking at what wasn't there. But then over time, I started remembering my nan and how she just used to make do. For example, when I went to the baked beans aisle the other day, my favourite kind of baked beans, Heinz baked beans, weren't there. Uh, Heinz baked beans in tomato sauce, although I did find one small can of Heinz baked beans in barbecue sauce, which isn't quite as good. I was a bit frustrated by that. But I had to do with Waddy's baked beans. And here I am putting Waddy's baked beans in my shopping trolley, feeling a bit cranky about that. But then I'm thinking, actually, what I'm doing is I'm focusing on what's not here rather than focusing on what is here. And I was reminded of my grandmother. And I looked around at the shelves, and yeah, there's a lot of things I don't usually eat. But there's so much abundance of food. And the thing my grandmother taught me was you need to change your mindset in a difficult time. You need to actually look for the positive, not just look at the negative. Now, it's important to know that there are negatives and it's important for us to prepare for things and actually, you know, um, make contingencies if there are negatives. I'm not saying that we just walk around as though nothing's happening. But if we actually have a thankfulness and a positive mindset, that's going to be really helpful. And I've been thinking that for... Us at the moment, a really helpful word is from John 7 to help us to have such a positive mindset. As I said earlier, Jesus is at the Festival of the Tabernacles. Now, the Festival of the Tabernacles for the Jews was a really big festival. It was a time that they had once a year where everybody used to get a tent and go camping. At Jerusalem basically people would come from all over the countryside and they'd go to Jerusalem and they'd set up tents that they called booths and they'd basically go camping for the weekend and they called that the uh, the festival of the booths or the festival of the tabernacles and the reason they used to do that was not just to have a party and have a good time which they did but also to remember that this is what their ancestors had to live with they had to live in the desert they had to actually live in tents but while they were tabernacling or tenting together through the desert in the wilderness after they left egypt the jews were always knowledgeable of the fact that god was also tabernacling with them so the festival of the tabernacles is to remind them of what their ancestors went through and that god was there with them through the trials of the wilderness that he tabernacled or tented with them during their time of wilderness in fact god instructed moses to create um, around the ark of the covenant a tent so that there would actually be the place that he would dwell in amongst his people as they tented in the wilderness and so the the tabernacles festival was fantastic because once a year the parents were able to tell stories just like I was just then able to tell a story of my grandmother and how she got through the blitz by having that positive mental framework. The Jews were able to say to their children, remember that no matter what happens to us, God is always with us. He is our good shepherd and we can have a great joy in his provision to us. And so for us right now in COVID-19 times, it's really helpful to understand that God will provide for us. So let's have a look at the passage and see what happens here, because not everybody has this positive framework, this positive way of thinking in this passage. For example, Jesus' own brothers, it says here, still don't believe in him. If you go back to the beginning of chapter 1, and if you're at home at the moment, you've got your Bibles open, have a look at chapter 7 of John, verse 1. It says this, after this, Jesus went around in Galilee. 
he did not want to go to Judea because the Jewish leaders were there looking for a way to kill him. But the Jewish festival of the tabernacles was near. Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples may see the works that you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. Now, Jesus is not going to be swayed by public opinion, and he's not even going to be swayed by what his brothers, his very own brothers in his family are going to say to him. Jesus is in control. The wonderful thing is that Jesus says in verse 6, it is not my time yet. Any time will do for you, but it is not my time yet. This is what it says. Therefore, Jesus told them, my time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I am not going up to the festival because my time has not yet fully come. So Jesus is saying there that even though the political situation around him is deteriorating rapidly and his enemies are starting to form up and actually plan to kill him, it's not that he's scared of that and he doesn't want to go to Jerusalem because he fears them arresting him. He says there twice in that small section that his time hasn't come yet. He has things that he wants to do before he gives himself over for them to crucify him. You see, Jesus is fully in control. And isn't that a helpful reminder for us today? When we go to the shops and we don't see the food that we would like to see, or we don't see enough toilet paper, and we worry about the future, as this COVID crisis goes goes on and some, some of us get sick, more of us get sick, and unfortunately more and more people are passing away, we need something more. We need some assurance. We need certainty. Jesus is promising us that he is actually in control here in this passage in verse 10 it goes on however his brothers had left for the festival he went also not publicly but in secret now at the festival the jewish leaders were watching for jesus and asking where is he among the crowds there was a widespread whispering about him some said he's a good man others replied no he deceives the people but no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders So here we have the reaction to Jesus. Jesus is in control, but people's response to his control is really interesting because you have there some people who know that he's a good man, who trust in him and believe that he's come to help them to understand things in a clearer way, to understand the way to God. But others say, no, he's actually not helpful in his teaching. He's actually deceiving us. But no matter whether they agreed with Jesus or they rejected Jesus, the people were whispering because they were fearful of the leaders. We live in a time of fear. Our leaders are telling us all sorts of things daily almost about what we need to do to cope with this COVID situation. We have different instructions one day, we have new instructions the next because even our leaders are trying to get on top of this COVID problem. They're trying to flatten the curve but no one is in control of this COVID-19 problem. However, Jesus is in control. He still is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and he is in control. And when he goes on to teach at the festival, which he does in verses 14 and following, this is what he says. His authority comes from God himself. He says in verse 16, My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. I'm really encouraged that Jesus' word endures forever because his word comes from God.
as Jesus is talking and there are those that try to seize him, in verse 30 it says, as they tried to seize him, uh, no one could lay a hand on him because again it says, John really helpfully clearly states that his time, his hour has not yet come. So Jesus is in control of this situation despite the response of the crowds and he's in control today. How is Jesus in control? How is he helping us? And that's where in verse 37, Jesus tells us a deep spiritual truth that is even deeper than just having a positive attitude or being thankful for what is around and trying not to focus just on the negative. There is something more that Jesus can offer us. Here in verse 37, he says this, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, living waters will flow from them, from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. At the height of the festival of the tabernacles, the festival that reminds the people of Israel that God is providing for them, Jesus stands up and shows people how he provides for our needs, that how he is going to continue to tabernacle with us through all the wilderness days of our lives, through all the days of our lives. Jesus tabernacles with us through his Holy Spirit that he pours out on all his believers. As John says, at this time the Spirit had not yet been poured out, but we know that after Jesus died and rose from the dead, he instructed his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the Spirit to be poured out. And the beautiful reality was that the Holy Spirit came down on the disciples with wind and tongues of fire as a sign to them that now God was tabernacling with them. Jesus is with us right now today if we have our faith in him because he lives with us through his spirit he is able to give us strength that we can't garner for ourselves he is able to give us endurance that we can't manage to develop for ourselves he can help us to fight off fear and continues to say to us today let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink my call on us today is to remember this promise of jesus daily this week remember that jesus is offering to satisfy us spiritually that we can rely on him for strength. As our Archbishop said today, it's a great thing to be praying and I'm definitely going to be joining with him at 1900 hours every day this week at 7 o'clock at night. And as I sit with the Lord and pray, not only am I going to pray to combat this COVID-19 asking God to stay its hand, but I'm also going to ask Jesus daily to quench my thirst. When I'm scared, when I'm anxious, when I'm worried. I'm going to ask Jesus to actually help me day by day this week. And what I'd like to do is invite all of you to think about doing that too. Because just like my grandmother continued to make treacle cakes and trifles right through the rest of her life, maybe this is a time for us to develop the spiritual means by which we can actually have more and more strength as Christians. And so that we might develop really helpful habits now that might be with us for the rest of our lives. Will you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus promises to be the way that we can actually quench our thirst. This week, I pray for us that you would help us to be given strength and endurance so that we might care for others.
that we might have compassion on others, that we might be able to help those who are in need this week. Help us as we are filled by you to fill up other people's cups too. And we pray all these things in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Uh, Just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings up the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is okay by Ixon.